Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. You are listening to episode 19 of Star Wars Bookworms, your source for discussion and reviews of all new Star Wars releases from Dark Horse Comics and Delray Books. I'm your host, Teresa Delgado, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Aaron Goins. Hey, Teresa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Do you know what happened this month? Like a year ago? Yeah. We started a podcast. Yeah, we did, and it's our one-year anniversary, so what did you get me? Uh, I got you a cool interview with somebody that wrote one of your fa- favorite comics. Yay! <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got that for us. Yeah, you did. You're right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, got I can't take credit us. for that. Yeah. I got nothing. So this is an interview episode. We'll have our actual review episode um, that we're recording next week, but... We have an interview, but before we get to that, we wanted to talk about our contest that we have going on for our one-year anniversary. So you want to tell them about it? Sure. Uh, Delray Books, or Star Wars Books, has provided us with four copies of Honor Among Thieves, which is the Han Solo novel that's coming out on, I think, March something. Fourth. March 4th. And... As part of our one-year anniversary celebration, we are going to be giving away all four copies to four different people, so we are having a contest to do that. Yeah, we uh, we have the instructions up on our Facebook page, so facebook.com slash Bookworms, and there's also a YouTube video. If you go and look for the YouTube channel called Fangirl Next Door, because um, I posted it on my YouTube channel, because Bookworms doesn't have one. Um, you can see the video there, or you can just search on YouTube for Star Wars Bookworms Giveaway, and that video will tell you all about how you can get entered. Um, you have a chance to enter yourself in the contest three times, so you want to go and do that and enter for your chance to win. And you have to be in the United States. So Yes, you have to be a U.S. resident. But yeah, so we're just, we're trying to celebrate this one year anniversary. We're excited that we made it this far. You know, a lot of podcasts don't even make it past a few episodes. So we're excited that we made it a whole year. Uh, We have a lot of great listeners and we're really excited about, you know, the future of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, even though it's a little bit shaky right now. Uh, we're, We're still running strong and excited about the future. So as part of our celebration, we have this interview with uh, Zach Gialongo, who is the writer of Ewok Shadows of Endor. We're going to be doing that in a few minutes. And then next week, we're going to record an episode. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about Rebels because there's a lot of Rebels news going on and kind of how that relates to the expanded universe. And we have some great guests lined up for that who know a ton about Rebels. And um, yeah, so we have a lot of cool stuff planned, plus this contest. So get your entries in. We've already had tons and tons of entries. Tons of feedback has come to us. Uh, So just get your entries in so you can have a chance to win one of these books. Without further ado, let's uh, get into our interview. Sounds good. Okay, we have Zach Giolongo, artist and writer for Ewok Shadows of Endor with us today. Zach, how are you? I am very good. How are you? We're good, and we are so glad to have you here, just because I'm I'm obsessed with Ewoks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too. And you know what? One of the things, when I started, when the book came out and the reviews were coming out and I started talking to people, I said, you know, 
people have not been obsessing about Ewoks for the past 30 years as much as I have. So, <laughs> well, you know what I've found? I found that since, you know, it, maybe just the past like few years, the love for Ewoks has started coming out when it used to be like this crazy Ewok hate relationship out there. I think totally. it's I think it's partially because like the the kids that grew up with Ewoks and love them are now adults. And so now we're kind of the ones that are, you know, the voice out there. So I think the love for Ewoks is coming back. I think it's twofold. I think it's partly that. And then I think it's also partly, you know, somewhere I, I've sort of said this before, but like, you know, somewhere along the line in like pop culture, someone makes a joke and everyone finds it funny. And then everyone kind of hitches their wagon to that joke or to that, um, line of thinking and then you know you have someone who's like oh i hate ewoks and it's like when was the last time you watched return of the jedi and they're like oh i was a kid it's like yeah okay so (laughs) i have to ask you our very first question why do you love ewoks i love ewoks well i'm very squarely from that generation that demographic i mean i was four years old when Return of the Jedi came out. So obviously I was the target of a lot of that, uh, you know, the cartoon, the movies, the toys, that kind of thing. Um, but I think that the thing that I love about the Ewoks is I love, I'm a big nature fan. I love that they are, um, part of nature. They're sort of, you know, they appeal to the more primitive, um, state that we used to be in, whereas the rest of, Star Wars is sort of more about the future and more about technology and that kind of thing. I think that I also, in the original trilogy, the Ewoks are the only alien civilization that we really get to see. And I think that that really ignited my imagination. There was a lot to kind of glom onto as a kid. There was a lot, you know, we knew what their houses looked like. We knew what their sort of, you know, their little family structures and stuff looked like. And so I think that that was really um, important in my early love of Ewoks. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I hadn't actually thought about that. And that is that is true. They're the only ones that we really do see their world like getting in their native. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't even see stuff like what we see in the prequel trilogy on like Coruscant and stuff like that. We don't see anything like that. Everything is all out in space or you know, at battle stations or whatever inside right. of ships. So that is, that's interesting. And maybe that's why I do love Return of the Jedi so much. I wasn't actually born when Return of the Jedi came out. I was mm-hmm. born like two years later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, the you know, of course, it just appealed to me so much. And I, I love my little teddy bears, if you want to put it that way. Um, yeah. Cannibalistic teddy bears. <laughs> And I think there's something to be said, too, that as a young kid, you know, you're small and you can feel powerless. And so when you see these creatures who are also small and who are seemingly definitely underestimated, uh, you know, you feel a kinship with them. You know, it's it's sort of easy to know that Han Solo is a is a hero because he's got, you know, a blaster and Chewbacca is this big, strong creature and. Luke Skywalker has the force and, you know, a lightsaber and stuff, but the Ewoks don't have that much, uh, you know, in that way. And so I think it feels a little more like the little underdog, uh, which a lot of kids can feel like. 
So if you watched Return of the Jedi when you were four, um, was that kind of your first experience with Star Wars? Is that kind of what got you into being a big Star Wars fan? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was, I mean, technically I was born when Empire Strikes Back came out, but not in any sort of, you know, cognizant way. Um, and even when I was, when I was really little, um, they would come, the, the movies would come on television and my mom would watch them. And I would always ask, is this the one with the Ewoks? Is this the one with the Ewoks? And she'd have to say, nope, that's later. That's later. That kind of thing. <laughs> well, then that might lead me to believe that perhaps Return of the Jedi is your favorite Star Wars movie. It is. It is. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you can include the Ewok movies and the, and all that stuff in it. I didn't know if one of those might be your favorite. You know, the Ewok movies are actually very good. Um, and I say that as someone, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased because I like Ewoks in general, but I don't know the last time that you've seen those movies. I know that they are not readily available right now, uh, legally. <laughs> um, but if you get a chance to watch them, I mean, they're really good family films and, and they are, they're just as dark as you know, the sort of main Star Wars movies. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in there that's kind of like, wow, okay. I mean, like in the second movie where Sindel's entire family bites it in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that the nice thing about those movies, too, is I think because they're not that far removed from the original trilogy, they have kind of the same energy, as as those movies have um but i i do enjoy i i enjoy both ewok movies immensely but would i say that they're my favorite i don't know about that <laughs> well i actually have them both i bought them there was a like a two-pack dvd set that came out yeah that's and what i have that's what i have so i have it mm -hmm. it's all my movies are in chronological order you know but and i stick the ewok movies like right in there you mm -hmm. know where they're supposed to be <laughs> Where where do you put them? In I the put chronology? them. I put them in between Empire and Jedi. Mm -hmm. So I put them right there, and then I have the cartoons as well. But they they're in a they're over with the cartoons. I came across the Ewok one of the Ewok movies on YouTube actually, which I think the whole yeah. thing is there. Yeah, I think they both are. You don't you don't have to hunt very hard if you want to find them. Um, they're definitely they're definitely out there. I'm hoping they go up on Netflix with this new. Star Wars Netflix deal. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be really awesome. So do you have um, a like a favorite Star Wars character? Man, you know, I feel like I cycle between so many of them. It's like it depends on what day you catch me. Um, but believe it or not, I think like if I had to pick one Star Wars character as my favorite, it's probably Chewbacca. Interesting. Hmm. I know you're expecting me to say an Ewok, right? We, we actually had a follow-up question for if you said an Ewok. Oh, all right. Well, um, uh, yeah. Well, um, my favorite character is uh, Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you answered our other one. Do you have a favorite Star Wars character that's not an Ewok? So Chewbacca. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so and, do you think the fact that you like Chewbacca, is that kind of tie in with the reason that you like the Ewoks because of the nature and we get to see, you know, his home planet and that kind of stuff too. Is it a similar reason? I, um, I think so. Although, I mean, 
I, I think that I liked him before we saw Kashyyyk. So I don't know that seeing his home planet had anything to do with it. But I think I have a soft spot for not just Star Wars, but other other franchises and other stories. I have a soft spot for primitive characters in or seemingly primitive characters in more technologically advanced storylines. Um, also, he's I, I also have a soft spot for like just the really strong loyal sidekick you know the 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 loyal dog that that is just going to be there no matter what you know you can count on him you know he's he's kind of like almost like samwise a little bit where it's just you know you can count on him you know he's there he's got your back no matter what well and since you said your favorite star wars movie is return the jedi which is mine which Mm -hmm. is not aaron's but it is mine mine. it is mine is it yeah okay yay I get. Sometimes I think you're an Empire guy. No, I'd say I I kind of go back and forth between um, actually A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Empire actually I think is a little bit overrated, and I think I just ticked off a lot of our listeners. But well, yeah. I was gonna second you on that. I really like. But Return you know of the what? Jedi. I'll, I'll I'll third you on that. I think that <laughs> I think Empire is a great movie, but to hear some fans talk, it's sort of like there is no Star Wars other than The Empire Strikes Back. It's like. The Star Wars franchise begins and ends at the Empire Strikes Back. And it's still like, eh, you know, it's also hard for me to kind of separate them. Like, I really do see it all as one, you know, one story. So, yeah. And for actually, if worth. you think about it, Empire Strikes Back is the only one that you cannot watch on its own. You can That's watch true. A New Hope on its own and it has a beginning, it has an end. If you can watch Return of the Jedi, you know, and, and the same thing. But Empire will just leave you hanging, so... Yeah, it, it it is not complete without the other ones. Ha <laughs> So there. Also, I have to say, and I'm worried about losing my Star Wars cred, so I won't I won't try to quote it. But the beginning of Return of the Jedi has my favorite piece of expositional dialogue ever. And it's the one where three PO and R2 are walking towards Jabba's palace. And he says something about, you know. Lando Calrissian and poor Chewbacca never returned from, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like this whole string of exposition. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, I love the beginning of Return of the Jedi because they're walking up and there's that eye thing that comes out and it reminds me of the, the eye robot thing from, um, oh, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, Yeah. And so, and I remember watching Flight of the Navigator as a kid, and that Mm -hmm. just took like everybody back. (laughs) Flight of the Navigator. (laughs) Yeah. Man, that's such a good movie. And then that makes me think of Batteries Not Included, because I I think I watched those two movies all the time at my grandma's house. (laughs) any sense i've not seen either one of those probably since they originally came out and i kind of wonder if they hold up or not oh they do i've seen them do they (laughs) i've seen them since yeah all right i'm always afraid to go back and look at that kind of stuff like i recently went back and watched some x-men cartoons and i was like "Ooh, Uh these are not the way i remember them (laughs) sometimes it's best to leave things in the past (laughs) Right, right. Sometimes your memories, you kind of beef your memories up and then it's a little bit of a disappointment when you get the real thing. Well, actually, that kind of leads into this. Which version of the end of Return of the Jedi do you like the best? I'm going to counter your question with a question. Okay. (laughs) Which version do you think I... Uh, I actually think you might like the new... the new, the whatever the it's called edition. yeah 
Okay. Which one do you guys like? I prefer okay. I'm I'm a I like to consider myself a progressive Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So I actually get on board with, you know, whatever the latest thing is. So I actually enjoy the special editions. I think the I mean I don't think everything about them is great, but mm-hmm. you know, I really do enjoy the additional stuff that they added and I think it makes sense that Hayden Christensen is a force ghost there. Um, so yeah. And I actually think that Greedo shot first. So (laughs) I'm I'm very progressive in that way. Whatever, whatever happened in the latest version, that's what I accept. So I I do enjoy the, the special editions and the Blu-rays. I actually do like the special edition version of Return of the Jedi. Same thing. I can totally understand why Hayden Christensen is there. It makes sense to Mm me. The only thing I don't like is the Han shot first thing in A New Hope, but that's the only thing of anything that they changed. Other than that, I'm fine with pretty much everything else. But I like the fireworks and all the, the stuff. I'd miss the yub the yub yub song. But... See, so the reason I asked is because I've been asked this question before, and people have been surprised at my answer. Um, I agree with you guys. I like the special edition ending. I actually have not a lot of love for the yub yub song. Um, I think that it's a little, it's a little silly for the closing of like this epic trilogy. And I think that the new song, which has kind of echoes, uh, you know, there's still kind of Ewok vocal parts in it. I, I just, I feel like it's a much more appropriate fitting ending for, the trilogy and the fact that you get to go through and you get to see all these locations that we've been to and you know things like that i just i i do i like it i like it a lot wow we're all we're all alike and we like all the same stuff neat (laughs) the the hate i'll admit though the hayden christensen thing um i'm not crazy about but i understand it and i think that again from sort of a logical point of view it makes sense so i'm sort of like you know, I don't know. I guess I don't really feel strongly one way or the other. Well, let's shift a little bit into, you know, your comic book writing career. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into writing a Star Wars comic book and not only writing it, but also being the artist? Sure. Well, um, so the I had done a drawing of some Ewoks, which you can still find online. You can find it. Um, it's on my Tumblr, actually. And I had just done it for fun. Uh, just because I kind of wanted to see what my Ewoks look like. And I had, I had posted it and I had said, hey, you know, I'd love to do a comic for Dark Horse. Very sort of facetiously. I mean, you know, I didn't think that anything was going to come of it. Uh, but sure enough, it got reblogged. It got passed around. And then I got a message from the one of the Star Wars editors over at Dark Horse, Dave Marshall. And he said, hey, I saw this picture. It's really cool. If you were to do an Ewok comic, what would you want to do? And so we just got a dialogue going. Um, and that was uh, that. Was that. We, we had a meeting at the San Diego Comic-Con, and we talked more um, in depth. And I met, you know, Randy Stradley. And, and they said, yeah, we'd like you to do, we'd like you to do um, an Ewok book. We've never done an Ewok comic before. <laughs> and so it would be, it would be cool to do one. So, yeah. Uh, The other thing is, is I had done comic work before, so it's not, you know, I don't want to make it sound like that this is like an American Idol kind of thing. Like, oh, I just did one drawing and they said, yes, you know, 
here's a contract. I mean, I had to show them my previous work and that I knew how to make comics. I knew how to draw comics, that kind of thing. Um, I had had a graphic novel called Broxo, which had come out the year prior that they were able to see. And so they said, okay, this guy knows how to, how to make comics. He, you know, he's not just, uh, someone who could draw an Ewok. He, he can do, you know, he can write a story, construct a story if he, if he needs to. And that was that. So did they ever, um, consider having someone else write it and have you be the artist or vice versa, or was the plan always for you to do both? No, I think the plan was always for me to do both. Um, it was sort of, you know, my idea and they said, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it that way. Um, they liked that my art style while cartoony was not sort of like super cartoony and also was not, it's not super photorealistic. Uh, they thought that style would be really good for an Ewok comic of this, of this nature, of this type. Yeah, we were actually going to ask you a little bit about the art because, you know, it's not quite animated like a cartoon, but it's not, you know, traditional comic art that you would see. But it's not movie realistic. It's kind of has aspects of all of that. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your choice in style or is that just something that's natural for you? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I did make certain choices, but it is kind of within my natural style. Like I think if you look at some of my other non-Star Wars books, you'll be able to tell that I did them. Um, when I was designing the characters, I was looking at the movie versions. And like I was, I kind of would look at each version of the characters and then kind of put my own spin on it. And what I found was it kind of ended up splitting the difference. So they're more realistic than the animated show versions, but they're obviously not as realistic as the movie versions. The thing with that is this is a comic where the Ewoks are the main characters. They speak, they think, they have emotions and, and facial expressions. And if they were drawn realistically like the movies, you know, those characters don't have a lot of emotion range you know they're just kind of these two little dark eyes and this little nose um and i think it would become a tedious reading experience to just sort of you know if it were done realistically like that there's also i mean there's often a feeling i think amongst some people who they feel like the more realistic a drawing is the better it is and that's just not the case because a, there are realistic drawings and drawing styles that are terrible. <laughs> um, and, you know, you, I mean, a lot of his personal preference, but I like being able to show emotion and to emote more with my characters. And that requires a more stylized, exaggerated style. So now you have officially contributed to the, what we call the Star Wars expanded universe. Mm. Um, were you a fan of the Expanded Universe at all? Had you read any of the novels or comics before this? Um, I'll admit my Expanded Universe knowledge is limited. Uh, limited to like a lot of the, um, you know, I, I had done like the Zahn novels and um, some of the comics here and there. Like uh, I had read the comic version of the Chewbacca story, the one where he 
you know, it's it was sort of like after he died and they were kind of like remembering all these different stories about him. And then there was actually another comic series and maybe you can help me remember what it was, but it was sort of like this weird, it was like Jabba's henchmen and Greedo was one of them and they were all sort of working on adventures together. And that actually, <laughs> that comic actually made me really like Greedo as kind of this cowardly, really underhanded, uh, kind of wimpy guy. Uh, I, th- I thought it was pretty funny. I, it might have been called like Underground Underwo- or something. Underworld, like that. I think. I think I... I think that's it. I can picture the uh, I can picture the logo. I have no idea. As <laughs> <laughs> I never read it, I didn't really start reading um, Star Wars comics until recently, within maybe like the last couple of years. So a lot of the stuff people refer to from you know before that, I don't really know too much right. about. But and then I don't know if it's. I, I guess it's not technically considered expanded but i'm a huge fan of the clone wars uh i thought that was just an absolutely spectacular series uh, not even just like a spectacular star wars series just a spectacular series in general uh i can't i can't you know i can't talk enough about that that show so are you psyched about the 13 new episodes that are coming out on netflix march 7th yes you're gonna, do a, so. you're gonna do a a binge watch yeah <laughs> probably not only because i sort of have personal uh, i have a personal sort of thing with binge watching where i don't really like it i don't really necessarily agree with it <laughs> which <laughs> sounds silly but i i like sort of absorbing my stories my stories i sound like an old lady talking about soap operas my stories um i sort of you know, I think that there's something nice about watching something or watching like a couple of episodes of something and then letting it kind of simmer a little bit as opposed to just sort of plowing through all of it. Well, how That's about just like, me. Well, how about like watching them in their story arcs? Because we know there's a couple of arcs in there. Right. Yeah, I'll, that I will probably do. I'll probably watch. Uh, I'll probably watch them in the arcs. So really, it'll be more like watching a movie. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Are you excited for Rebels? I'm very excited for Rebels. Very excited. Me too. Do you have a favorite character from Rebels so far? Now that we've finally met everybody, I don't know the the new one, the most recent one. Uh, what's her name? Hera, Harrison, the Twi'lek. Yeah, Harrison Dula. She seems pretty cool, and then Zeb seems pretty cool, but he kind of falls into that Chewbacca mode, and I think obviously he's clearly based on very early drawings of Chewbacca so um I don't know I gotta I gotta wait and see until I see them all kind of interacting and um you know but I yeah I I I like the direction that the show seems to be seems to be taking uh so I'm I'm excited Teresa do you have a favorite character so far Sabine Sabine hands down the Mandalorian yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's a Mandalorian. It has to do with she has, like, wicked cool hair, and her <laughs> armor is, like, crazy awesome, and she's a graffiti artist. And I love that just still that you can see of her when she drew a red circle with a line through it across a dead Stormtrooper's helmet. I was like, yeah! Nice. nice. <laughs> I'm not encouraging children to go out and start doing graffiti. Do not do that. That's bad. But she's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> 
Um, you know, and it's kind of, I think for me too, it just dawned on me the other day. I said, wow, we are getting into hardcore Ahsoka territory again in that we have this whole group of characters that as far as we know, do not appear in, you know, a new hope. So their fates are all, all of them are up in the air. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about this. It's actually the first time that we have like uh, a TV or movie, you know, thing that is not starring any of the characters from the movies. Yeah, like it's the, all from the ground up. Yeah, it's like brand new. It's kind of like EU, the way the EU was where they're creating new characters in these novels and comics. This is the first time we're getting brand new characters and only brand new characters on a TV show. So Mine is I think, Darth Vader. Well, I mean, we don't even know, you know, we don't know if Darth Vader is going to be in it or how big of a part he's going to play. But the main characters, I mean, are all brand new. So we don't know their fates. Right. But it's actually kind of exciting and interesting. You know, it, it puts us in the same place that we've been in in the EU where we don't know what's going to happen. And there's that excitement to it, just like there is with Episode 7, where we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the story, you know, this and is- I like that. This is just obviously fanboy speculation because I have no idea. But I also kind of wondered to myself if they are possibly setting any of these characters up to maybe have some influence on Episode 7 or have some kind of appearance in Episode 7. I don't know. It could be interesting. Yeah. There you I go. <laughs> there's been rumors as to such things, but who knows. But So you you kind of brought up that you're a big fan of Clone Wars. And I noticed in the comic you had brought in uh, Charles from the Ewok movie, um, mm-hmm. and she's using uh, magic, which looked very similar to the magic that they used in the Clone Wars with the green mist and all that type of stuff. So I was kind of right. curious to, you know, was that an influence on you from the Clone Wars, and that's why you added that to the comic? Yeah, that was definitely, like, I saw the whole Night Sister arc, and I knew that Chiral was a Night Sister, and so I said, I want to bring more of that. And I'll tell you, so this is a little, again, this is sort of like a little insider uh, pulling back the curtain. I actually wanted to make her even more Night Sister-y. And so the idea was that she was a little bit of a, a more recent arrival to Endor. And um, I wanted to kind of give her more of the the kind of really pale skin and like some of the tattoos or makeup kind of thing as though she still has some of that, you know, the same way that, um, you know, mother Talzin and all them have, but I, I got, I won't say I got shot down, but, uh, I was, they preferred that I didn't do that only because there's there was actually other Charal stuff going on and they kind of were still a little bit murky as to exactly, you know, when she ended up on Endor kind of thing. So they said, just to play it safe, just, just make her, the way she appears in the Ewok movies, which I did, except that if you notice, she does have more kind of gray skin in the book, like the Night Sisters do in uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, she does. I'm looking at her right now. She has a little bit of that, a little bit of that look to her. Yeah. So we kind of talked about, um, and you mentioned you had listened to the to the show, but we sort of talked about the concept of magic and. Is magic, you know, kind of like the force? Are they using the force without even realizing they're using the force? Or 
are Ewoks, some of them may be force sensitive. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or is that something that you thought about in the creation of all of this, you know, as far as like how magic is used? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know what this sort of official stance is, or even if there is one, but my feeling is that magic is using the force, but just in a different way or just a, a, in a, in a primitive, more ritualistic kind of way from a storytelling point of view, you don't need a world that has the force and magic, you know, sort of like these, these different kind of things. It just, I, I don't know, because you, you raise questions, you know, could you have a Jedi that learns magic or could you have, you know, like a Sith that uses magic? And so it, it's my feeling that where a Jedi, a Sith draws from the force, but in a more concentrated sort of way or just in a very different, uh, a different sort of way, whereas Night Sisters, Ewoks, they would use the force in a kind of a more sorcerous way, in a more raw way that they wouldn't even know that it's, you know, quote unquote, the force. Uh, you know, they just they have their own use of it. That makes sense. And I kind of brought up something, too, about, you know, force sensitive Ewoks and that there is some record of their beings, you know, actually force sensitive Ewoks. They don't necessarily realize that they're force sensitive, but they have that. Would you be opposed to, I know Aaron's opposed to this, but would you be opposed to a Ewok Jedi? I would. <laughs> I would I'm not, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not saying I would be for that. I'm not, I'm not necessarily for that. I just kind of brought up the question. I, I would argue that maybe the Ewok brain is sort of hardwired to be, um, not necessarily more primitive, but more in tune with the earth or the, the Endor. I meant earth in like lowercase E, <laughs> um, uh, more in tune with nature. And I feel like there would be some sort of, I don't know. It's sort of like if you're close enough to the earth, then you can't tap into the force that way, almost cause you don't need it. Uh, and that maybe the brain just, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just making things up right now. But um, I would not want to see an Ewok Jedi. <laughs> that would be kind of weird. That's 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 the short answer. <laughs> so in, uh, in preparation for or while you were writing this comic, did you go back and rewatch any of the Ewok stuff or the Ewok movies or the cartoons? I watched the movies. I'll be honest. I did not watch much of the cartoon. Um partially because the cartoon has a lot of if if you're someone who takes every bit of Star Wars lore and makes it canon or makes it, you know, quote unquote real, the cartoon presents a lot of problems. Uh even just the fact that there are characters that appear one way in the cartoon that appear a completely different way in the movies and also to be generous, the cartoons are, I will say, very much a product of their time. They're very safe. They're very cuddly. And I know that there's sort of, I can't remember which, but I think there's one season that's a little more kitty than the other season. Um, 
but I mean, you have <laughs> you have episodes of the cartoon where like Wicket and Latara are pretending to be ice cream vendors, you know, and that just <laughs> doesn't really that just doesn't really fit within my Star Wars, my personal Star Wars worldview. <laughs> Oh, so why I, not? Really? Eh, well, I like to think of <laughs> I like to think of the cartoon as like Ewok bedtime stories. How about that? That's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's 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 stories that Ewoks tell their little walklings. So that's why you have, you know, oh, the Dulock uses magic soap. It's like that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Did you um did you have a certain way that you went about picking the Ewok characters that you were going to feature in the comic? Well, I did want to I did want to um pick Ewoks that had appeared before because I didn't there was really no need to invent any Ewoks because they were all there. Uh also what I liked was that uh beyond the cartoon stuff, their personalities were not really that fleshed out. So I had some leeway as to uh, what I wanted to do with them personality wise. You know, I, I didn't have, I didn't have like really strict boxes as to how they would necessarily act. So I had more freedom that way. Um, the other thing is, is I deliberately picked uh, Nisa and Latara because, you know, there's like no female characters and here are these two cool female characters. Um, and you know, I wanted them in there. And I appreciate that. (laughs) And I think most (laughs) girls do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it could be up there with Leia and Ahsoka and, you know, these other characters. So they're both, you know, strong, capable female Ewoks. So why not? Did you have a favorite Ewok to draw? Tebow's skull, like like pig head, always presented a problem. That was actually frustrating for me to draw. Because <laughs> the, the the teeth of the of the head piece always like covered his eyes. And so it was hard to get a lot of expression in his eyes sometimes. I had to really kind of fudge the details, that kind of thing. I like drawing Peplu. I like his feathers and sort of the the rock on his head. I also think that within this story, I think Peplu was my favorite character. I liked writing him. I liked drawing him because he was kind of a goofball. Um, so I don't know. I guess he was maybe my favorite to draw. Uh, well, you did a really good job with Wicket, who's my favorite. He was always really cute. He had really cute eyes. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted, you know, that's the thing. I, I I wanted them to be cute and have expressions, but I also wanted them to be, um, you know, dangerous when they needed to be. Uh, I, I did a signing at a store and someone came up and, and, you know, sometimes people are well-meaning, but maybe not all that socially uh, uh, adjusted or aware. And, you know, I've had people come up to me at signings or, or at conventions to tell me that they don't like Ewoks. And it's sort of like, oh my God. it's sort of like, okay, what's the, like, thanks for that. Um, but, you know, someone said, you know, yeah, I just, I didn't like the Ewoks. They were just kind of too, you know, cute and cuddly. So I opened up to the page that I drew uh spoiler alert i guess it's not much of a spoiler but 
they sort of jump down on a bunch of stormtroopers, and in the corner I have Tebow's axe squarely like halfway through a stormtrooper's face. <laughs> and I was like, does that look cute to you? And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm actually I'm flipping through it. I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> Try to... I actually, I have a copy. Maybe I can give you a, a, a page number. There... Oh, 63. Yeah, okay. I got it. <laughs> I actually hadn't yeah. ever noticed that corner before. That is yeah. so cool. <laughs> wow. I like the, the panel above it where they're all like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. There's kind of these cute, adorable characters, but there's, um, you know, there's a fair amount of, of danger and, and violence in here too. The, the other thing that, I actually wasn't sure if I was going to get away with, but I did is actually on page 55 where um, Agluck gets uh, eaten by the Griog and I've got him. It's, it's in silhouette if you see it, but I've got him being torn in half and his entrails spilling out. But <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah. Where's that one? <laughs> page 55. <laughs> this is so cool. It's like I'm getting, I'm getting to go even more in depth to like my favorite Star Wars comic ever. What we should it's have like done commentary. is commentary. Oh, I was gonna say we should yeah. have had Zach on to do a commentary. We just go page by page, and he could just give us commentary. We on should it. still do that. We should do that on an upcoming episode. I'll I'll read it to you, and I'll be like, and as you can see in this panel, <laughs> that I would be this. so awesome. <laughs> We've never done something like that. That'd be really cool. I don't know if anyone ever has done something like that. <laughs> you should get um. You should get Jimmy Mack to do a uh, like sound effects and like voices and stuff. Like do a whole dramatic reading of a scene from Shadows of Endor. I bet you we could. Did you hear that, Jimmy Mack? I know he <laughs> listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you, I guess I'll give a spoiler alert here, just in case anybody doesn't want to be spoiled with the ending of this comic. But you had kind of alluded earlier to the fact that the the end of this comic, kind of the eight months later part mm -hmm. almost didn't happen so could you tell right. us a little bit about that well it, it, it's not anything sort of spectacular that it almost didn't happen the reason it almost didn't happen is because this book had to be 72 pages and that was it no more no less and so i put that little epilogue in my outline um but it was determined that you know within the story we would cut rather than cram. And so if it wasn't going to fit, then, you know, it was going to have to go. But I, uh, I made it fit when I was doing my layouts and my thumbnails, I made sure to save myself <laughs> two pages, uh, for that. And I, I sort of, I cut some other stuff. So, well, I'm glad you did. I, this, it's like my favorite part of the comic and Wicket is so cute. And you know, the panel I'm talking about at 75 at the bottom where he's standing there and he's got his spear mm -hmm. and he looks, he looks like intrigued, but scared at the same time. And I love that. And like I said, I would love to be able to get that and like blow it up and put it like over my desk. <laughs> this is like the perfect, one of the perfect ways that I see Wicket. That would be awesome, like a little print or something. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. You should you should do that for me. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe we can maybe I can work something out for you. <laughs> we'll fuck off the air. <laughs> right. So, do you tend to go to comic cons and stuff like that? Yeah, I do a lot of conventions every year. Uh, you know, New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, uh, that kind of thing. 
I love traveling, so I'll go anywhere people want me to go if I can go. Did you have any um, kind of like any outlines for further stories? I know Dark Horse is losing the Star Wars license, so I guess the chances mm-hmm. of us seeing another Ewoks uh, comic by you, at least under the Dark Horse banner, is probably not going to happen. But did you have any kind of outlines or ideas for further stories uh, just in case I, they came calling? Yeah, I did. I did. And we actually talked about some of those stories and then um, – you know, and then the, the, the license thing happened. So I, I will say this, um, this is not the last star Wars comic that you'll probably see from me, but, um, it's going to be a little while. So hang tight. Interesting. Conversations are being had. (laughs) That's really exciting. I actually, I like the whole idea of the writer and the artist being the same person it kind of gives it a cohesiveness and one of the things I've always felt about comics is sometimes they're a little bit disjointed you know and Mm -hmm. I haven't liked on how some comics the cover art is different from the art that you get inside of the book and so I like that it's the same and um well this is like a whole other conversation that you could have on another podcast (laughs) as far as writers working with artists and that kind of thing I think that but it's it's interesting for me to hear you as a reader say that you know sometimes it can feel disjointed to you because I I do think that not and you know not to sort of get too inside baseball but I do think that often what happens is you know you have the writer that writes his thing and then he gives it to the artist and the artist draws his thing and the two never communicate so I I actually agree with you a lot of the comics that I'm a fan of uh, tend to be done by one person. So we'll finish up with this last question with the sequel trilogy coming out in 2015 is the first one. Um, and I know you're a huge Star Wars fan, so obviously you're excited for that. What are, what are some things that you hope to see from the future of Star Wars and specifically the movies that are coming out? I have to say as excited as I am that the original cast members are going to be in it. Um, I, I don't think they should be the main characters, I, I have to say. I think I, I would like to see them sort of come in, like in the first movie, and kind of pass the baton onto some some new characters. I think that would be the way to go. Uh, I have some sort of story stuff that I would like to see. Again, I have no idea if it's going to happen or not. Um, but, you know, I, 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 there's there's been talk that uh, having Sith in there would sort of diminish the original trilogy. And I, I kind of agree with that. I think that I would like to see the movies still very much in like a rebuilding phase. In other words, like I don't want to get into episode seven and see tons of Jedi running around. You know, I kind of like the idea that maybe at this point, the Jedi are still you know, at at the very least distrusted and they're still maybe a little underground, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. So no lightsaber battles. Oh, you're going to have lightsaber battles. I mean, that's a given. So you're <laughs> talking like, like maybe stations. dark Jedi instead of a Sith kind of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe, or even, you know, uh, lightsaber, but versus some other kind of weapon, you know, I mean, Sith are not the only things that are dangerous to a Jedi. Yeah, Aaron, there's those lightsaber fish things. <laughs> that was a whole those? different comic, yeah. 
lightsaber fish Zach, thing. Zach may not be aware of this comic. There was a comic, uh, a Clone Wars comic that we reviewed um, a few months back that there was fish that actually had their noses were were kind of like lightsaber noses so they could actually fight against the Jedi underwater. Wow. That was in a comic, yeah. It's <laughs> for real. <laughs> That's what we joking. said. Wow. I th- we interviewed that writer though, didn't we? Acklin? Yeah, Justin Acklin. Justin Acklin. Yeah, yeah, so he was, yeah, we were asking about that. But it was it was a Clone Wars comic, so it was kind of more for kids. So it mm-hmm. kind of made mm-hmm. more sense. But if I had seen that in a, you know, like a more serious adult comic, I probably would have had a lot harder time with it. Right, right. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to tell our listeners about maybe upcoming projects or Star Wars Bookworms exclusives? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't have any exclusives other than, like I said, I will just hint that, I, you know, there is more Star Wars stuff coming down the pike from me. Um, but it's like I said, it's it's going to be a little while. Um, and just, you know, just keep following me. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing other comics things that are non-Star Wars related, but I feel like... I feel like even though they're not Star Wars, if you like Shadows of Endor, like if you like that art and you like the feel of that book and you like the energy of that book, I think it's really representative of the kind of work I like to do. Uh, I mentioned my previous book, Broxo, I think has the same energy, the same, uh, you know, a lot of the same feel to it. So again, it's not Star Wars, but, uh, you know, I think that if you're a fan of Star Wars, you would find a lot to like uh, alike in there. And I've got some other projects coming out. I'm actually working on a project that's coming out in the fall about, uh, it's actually for young kids about, uh, these zoo animals that break out of their cages at night and put on Shakespeare plays. So the first one is Macbeth. That's so cool. And, uh, that's actually, I'm doing the art for that, but that's written by uh, a writer named Ian Lendler. And those are coming out from first, second books, uh, in, it's the fall. I don't have an exact, I don't know an exact date yet, but, um, are they comic style or are they going to yep, be they're like graphic novels? Okay. So graphic novels, but they'll probably be available yep. at like what, like Barnes and Noble, stuff like that. Oh yeah. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, you know, wherever. I feel like that's the kind of story that could be picked up as a movie, like a cool animated film. It's, it's got, it's all got a very sort of like Disney's Robin Hood vibe. I love <laughs> like that movie. It's very funny and it's a very like Muppety sense of humor to it. It's very silly, um, but it's, it's, it's really funny and it's the kind of thing that's very layered funny, you know, like I think like young kids will read it and sort of find the animals funny, uh, but their parents will read it with them and find some other sort of winks and nods and things that will kind of go over the kids' heads. And to me, that's the best kind of family entertainment. You know, family often, I think a lot of people misconstrue as kitty, but true family entertainment is stuff that literally everyone in the family can find something to like about. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. So where can people find you online if they want to follow you and keep up with your work? Um, right now I have a website, uh, although it's, it's kind of just a landing page at this point, although it's, it'll be, it'll be opening up soon. And that's just at, uh, zachgialongo.com. And if you go there, you can find my Twitter, my Tumblr. Um, and I also have an official Facebook page, which is a really good place 
to find, uh, you know, I'll post like my convention schedules. I'll, you know, or if you want to contact me, that's a good way to send me a message. Um, I, I, on most of my social media outlets, I go by the name Zachulies. So if you look up Zachulies, you'll find me. Z-A-C-K-U-L-E-S. It's like Hercules. And he's on Instagram and it's fun. Yay. Oh, yes. I'm on Instagram too. <laughs> yep. I just posted a picture, uh, was it last night, of my tiny Death Star. So. <laughs> oh, are you playing that too? I am. How many levels do you have? I think I'm at 83. Oh, my God. Okay. You're like way, way, way past me. I'm logging in right now. Because I don't remember. How many do you have, Aaron? That's what I'm, I'm, I'm logging in as well. I got to see. I, I think I have like 105 bitizens or something like that. But I don't think, I think I'm in the 60s as far as levels go. Oh, y'all are all kicking my butt. I'm waiting for the thing to load though. I always, yeah, the one thing that bothers me about that game um, is how Palpatine has to tell me how many credits I earned after I log out every time. Yeah. It's such a pointless screen. Can we talk about the new update with the new rewards? Those were really hard to get. I did the first one where you could you had to get like a hundred um, yeah. to get like a, a costume or something. I, I yeah. pulled that off, but I couldn't get another one. I just did the first one. I got up to the um, the three droids. There are three like special droids, but then there was a level. And the problem is, is the medals that you earn are not cumulative. So it's like if the next step is like. 600 medals that's not that's on top of whatever you already earned so that was and they only gave you like five days to do it i know i was not i was not very happy about it (laughs) so okay i just opened a new level so i now have and nobody laugh at me i only have 25 and i have 34 people (laughs) you have like a life or something yeah (laughs) no i uh (laughs) it was a big thing and i Updated it, and then I went and logged back in, and my whole tiny Death Star was gone. No. It was completely gone. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I started over. Then I tweeted about it and stuff. And then I don't know what happened, but the next day I logged back in, and then it was back. So They saw it. I don't know. I don't they know. They saw it. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I was just like, no. Also, don't you – now, I love the game. But don't you think that they're really stingy with like the bucks and stuff? Yes. It's so hard to get that stuff. And I'm sorry, I love the game, but I'm not spending any money on it. You know, right, like I'm yeah. not going to go spend 50 bucks to get, you know, 30 fake dollars just so I can unlock, you know, Hoth Luke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just gave one of my Bittisons a dream job. Do y'all have a level that's your favorite that you've gotten so far? Um, I like the <laughs> tiny Death Star cast. Um, I like the levels where there's like something going. Like I like the workout level where there's like where like, Kit Fisto's uh, running. And yeah, just, that's my favorite. That's a good level, but it doesn't produce very much money. No, and it that, doesn't. That's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, there's also I recently got the Youngling Hall level, and there's two little kids like fighting with lightsabers, and that one's. Cute. Yes, that one's awesome. The oh, uh, I don't have that one. The Rancor level is awesome as well. You have a full-size yeah, Rancor. I don't Chomping. have that one either. I like Ewok Sweets. I have Ewok Sweets. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's cute. Y'all have more levels than me, so y'all have cooler stuff. That's the most fun of the game is unlocking the new levels and the new characters. and the. There's like They even have an EU species on there. They have the Chiss. 
which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and I've gotten into the habit too of, cause I don't like waiting for the levels. So I actually just end up saving a bunch of money until I can buy like two levels at a time. Cause then it's like, uh, I do it and then I forget about it for like three days. Cause that's how long it takes. Um, and then it's like Christmas and I've got two new levels. <laughs> that's cool. I save yeah. up all my bucks for faster elevators. Cause I cannot stand how long it takes for those elevators to get up to the levels. I need an, cute, I need another elevator. I know. And I need another elevator and I don't, I have like the second elevator that you could get. Mm-hmm. So I need, 75 bucks for the InstaLift 2000. Yeah. I See, think... this is my other problem with the game, though, is, is uh, like, the elevator I have, like, I know that I'm supposed to bring Leia or Luke to the communications level to unlock a scene, but the elevator is too fast, and it doesn't, and it's, like, whatever floor you stop at, they get off immediately. So it's, like, you have to press it and then take your finger off at the exact point to get them at the right level and it's like i can't i can't do it (laughs) so we should wrap up the episode yeah and then we can can continue our tiny death star talk off the air but um (laughs) it's been awesome having you on zach it's really uh great getting your insight into the the comic i know me and Teresa both really enjoyed it and we're really happy to hear that you're working on future stuff and we look forward to seeing what that is awesome thanks so much guys Oh, I'll do it. May the force be with you. Do it again. Take two. (laughs) Do it again. Take two. Okay. (sighs) May the force be with you. (laughs) That was too boring. Come on. Oh, my God. Do it happy. May the Schwartz be with you. Let him do it. I want him to have him do that. He just did. I'm I'm totally cutting that into the end. Okay, good. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) 